Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Blackhawks Live answers all your questions. You know, they obviously turned up the heat on us, and uh, we just kind of clammed up. Uh, I didn't think we were moving our feet. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Just five days away now. From one of the biggest celebrations at the United Center this year, and probably in the past year, opening night was a pretty significant night. First game for Connor Bedard, in which he scored in the first minute against the Vegas Golden Knights. And Connor Bedard actually back in relevancy. He's always been relevant, but a little bit more since coming back from his broken jaw situation. Six points in three games. The Hawks have scored seven goals in those three games that Connor Bedard has been back, and he's factored in six of them. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. You're listening to 720 WGN. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. We talked to Chris Chelios after the 730 News. I keep wanting to call him the man of the hour, but it's not this hour, and... It won't even be an hour. It's going to be pretty much the entire day at the UC on Sunday. If you've been living under a rock, the Blackhawks are hosting the Detroit Red Wings. They're retiring Chris Chelios' number 7, raising the banner up into the rafters. And, uh, oh yeah, some guy named Patrick Kane is going to make his first return to the United Center since being traded last year by the Hawks. So a whole bunch of emotions will be going on in the Madhouse on Madison on Sunday. But there are a few games to get through before that. Philly comes to town tomorrow. Hawks hosting the Flyers for an earlier puck drop. 6.30 puck drop at the United Center, which means a 6 o'clock FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show here on 720 WGN. The Jets are in town on Friday. By the way, this is another five-game homestand for the Hawks. They had that one weird lone road game yesterday in Carolina. And we'll get into how that went or how well it didn't go more of. However, the Hawks did have a a nice third period. But a five-game road trip, rather a five-game homestand coming up starting tomorrow. And again, Philly, Winnipeg, and Detroit this week. I'm really excited for Sunday. The Blackhawks always do such a phenomenal job with these types of ceremonies. If you remember Marion Hosa's last year, that was just... There's just a lot. There's a lot going on. A lot of people come back for those types of things. I think last year Corey Crawford returned for the first time because he wanted to be there to support his teammate Marion Hosa. Well, just think about all the friends that Chris Chelios has. And not just in hockey. I mean, we're talking music, other sports, other just significant Illinois celebrities. I'm sure Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder will be there. I'm willing to bet Kid Rock would be there. The one I'm I'm wondering about, but I'm not optimistic about, is MJ. It seems like he and Chris Chelios are tight. And obviously, getting your number raised up into the rafters is something that Michael Jordan can relate to. 
But if MJ's not at the Bulls Ring of Honor ceremony, I'm willing to believe that he won't be at Chris Chelios' ceremony. It'd be pretty cool. Might be a little dramatic if that ended up being the case. But, again, it just goes to show you what type of effect Chris Chelios has on so many people just outside the hockey world. I was actually on a call with Jeremy Roenick just right before this show. And not quite sure. Maybe we'll play a little bit tonight. But we're also going to be playing a lot and talking a lot more about Chris Chelios on Sunday. Kevin Powell and I are going to be at the Barn Hockey Bar from 2 to 4.30. More on that in a moment. But just talked with Jeremy Roenick about his relationship with Chris Chelios. And one thing he said that really stood out was that it seems like Chris Chelios has all these friends, has all these connections, all these acquaintances, because he treats them as people, and he doesn't really promote his relationships with these guys or girls. He's just a down-to-earth human being. And I'm, I'd, I'm, I like to believe that that's the Chicago in him, and that's a big reason why he's able to just connect with so many people. But all in all... Pretty jacked for Sunday. Again, the Hawks do such a good job with these types of things. It should be a lot of fun. In terms of the team right now, they're coming off a loss against Carolina. Unfortunately, that was the 21st winless game in a row for the Hawks on the road. I was having this conversation with John Wideman because John wanted to know the exact number, and we actually counted the games on the schedule and got to the number 20. This was before yesterday's game against Carolina. And he said, okay, but, you know, they, they picked up a point in this game on the road, so it's it's not a losing streak because they picked up a point. And, I mean, John knows so much more hockey than I do. But in the past, I had said losing streaks because that's what I was getting at from press releases. And I'm not talking about this situation with the Hawks. I mean, in general, losing streaks in hockey. Because, yeah, you could go... Six games without a win, but you technically didn't lose, even though they are technically overtime or shootout losses. So I always took it as, that's just the hockey mentality. No, we didn't win. We got a point. We got an overtime loss. That's not a win. That's a loss. So that's why it's okay to say a losing skid. Either way, 21 straight games on the road for the Hawks now without a win. And it was a tough battle against Carolina. But the Hurricanes kind of just blew the roof off the building in those first 40 minutes. And Luke Richardson was very adamant with his team about not facing a team like Carolina yet and not quite being sure of what they're capable of. It didn't quite seem like the Hawks were too ready. The first period was better than the second period. The second period they were outshot 31-9. But yet they still were able to make adjustments in the third period. Now if you want to chalk that up to a team kind of not giving it their all because they understand they've got a 4-1 and then eventually 5-1 lead. So they don't need to play their A game. But the Hawks did have some fight in them. A couple of power play goals. And Connor Bedard just continuing to find the score sheet. Actually, Connor Bedard, going quickly back to Sunday, Connor Bedard is very excited for Sunday's game. Here's what he had to say earlier today after practice about getting a chance to play against Patrick Kane. Yeah, like you said, um, we're not looking looking forward 
too much, but um, you know we got some games. But I'm I'm just pumped for the video tribute. I think it's going to be pretty nasty. He had some <laughs> he had some sick highlights here. I've watched every one of his mixtapes probably a hundred times with his with his stuff. So uh, you know I'm pumped for that, and I think for him it's going to be a pretty special night. Obviously with with Shelly getting uh, the, the jersey too is. Uh, it's going to be a cool night for sure, but uh, we got a lot of time till then, a lot of games that, that we're focused on, on right now, so kind of worry about that when it gets a little closer. you surprised his heartbreak sell is so popular 11 years after he... No, I mean, you kind of pioneer something, and I mean, that's pretty cool, so whenever someone does it, it's always traced back to him, which I think is, is pretty sweet, so he's got some cool sellies, you know, in his ears, so, you know, he's, he's an icon in the game, and he's someone that is going to be remembered forever, and, and he's still playing at such an elite level, and he's still, like, point per game, and and buzzing on that, on that team. So, I mean, I love watching him play. I love following, following what he does for the last, whatever, 10, 20 years of my whole life. Not 20, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's, uh, he's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, Connor Bedard's still 18 years old, for those of you keeping track at home, so even he got a little bit ahead of himself with his age. But, you know, Patrick Kane is still such a, a common name around sports fans here in Chicago, and it, his relevance is pretty well-known, but it's still... Interesting and fun to hear this younger generation talk about Patrick Kane and what he did and just how inspirational his career has been. And he's still going. I mean, if you haven't noticed, he actually picked up his 800th career assist in the Detroit Red Wings overtime win against Seattle yesterday. But it's cool to hear the younger generation talk about him like he talked about so many other players older than him because he was such a hockey nut and hockey historian. But yeah, I'd imagine we'll see a lot of those heartbreaker celebration videos when that montage hits on Sunday after he eliminated the L.A. Kings from the Western Conference Final back in 2013. Hey fans, join me and Kevin Powell as we broadcast live from the Barn Hockey Bar this Sunday, February 25th. The party starts at noon. We'll kick off our show at 2 with our friends from El Bandito Yankee Tequila. Let's celebrate the Jersey retirement of Hall of Famer Chris Chelios with chances to win tickets, signed Chelios swag, and much more. We're going to break out the Bandito at the Hockey Bar, 1659 West Ogden, this Sunday, starting at 2. For more info, visit barnhockeybar.com. Really excited for that night. And uh, really excited to talk about Philip Kurashev and how he's been gelling so well with Connor Bedard. More on that after this break. Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Probably get to a couple other updates from practice earlier today. Peter Morazic did not participate, but head coach Luke Richardson saying he should be 100% tomorrow, just taking the day off for maintenance. And totally understandable. Peter Morazic with another stellar outing last night. He had 35 saves against the Carolina Hurricanes. I know the Hawks lost 6 to 3, but again, 31 shots by the Carolina Hurricanes in that second period. And Mrazek kept the game one nothing after 20 minutes. I think the Hawks were outshot 15-5. to So he continues to just keep the Blackhawks in games. So well-deserved night off, or day off, I should say, today. I don't know. I'm done kind of looking ahead at the schedule and trying to speculate who's going to be in net, if it's going to be Mrazek or Sutter Bloom. But I'd imagine if they can continue Peter Mrazek out there, then they'll just continue him. Uh, something else at practice today. Louis Crevier got hit in the face with a puck, and we believe it caught him in the mouth. He was unfortunately bleeding on the ice. He immediately left practice, 
And Luke Richardson said that he had to check with the dentist, but we chatted with Luke just shortly after practice, so probably won't get an update on him until tomorrow. But Crevier is still one of the younger guys on this defensive squad, but you would like to see him just continue to, to grow and develop and get this NHL experience because I'm sure it's very pivotal for him. But that's about all the updates from practice today. Again, the Hawks hosting Philadelphia tomorrow. An earlier puck drop, again, it's a national broadcast, so you can find the only local broadcast here on 720 WGN. We'll have a 6 o'clock FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. But hopefully more offensive success with Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev and Nick Felino too. Felino's got a six-game point streak. He's not exactly being a slouch either. But it's been really fun to see the chemistry between Bedard and Kurashev. And I talked a lot about it on last night's post-game show after the Carolina game. I think a couple of things. You can look at Kurashev and maybe have a little bit more of a patient thought on Lucas Reichel, who, again, was sent down to Rockford a couple of days ago. He had just one shot on goal, and the Ice Hogs lost, yes, lost yesterday to the Iowa Wild. We'll keep an eye on him throughout his progression. But if you look at the years and the ages of Kurashev and Reichel, I mean, Kurashev's first year in the NHL was 21 years old. I don't think he played that many games, just a handful. But think about how impatient we were with Philip Kurashev. Now, don't get me wrong, a big reason why he's been seeing so much success is because of the chemistry that he's been developing with Connor Bedard. But you got to give a guy credit for that. Because Lucas Reichel was put on the same line with Connor Bedard, and that didn't exactly click right away. So I'm sure it's a lot of fun for rather Kurashev to have just a whole bunch more confidence right now. And I'm sure it's a blast to play on the same line with Connor Bedard, especially when the line is actually cooking. In fact, a big goal last night from Philip Kurashev to Connor Bedard is our time for us to cue the shot, brought to you by Curveball Whiskey. Tyler Johnson racing down the right wing, put the puck in front of the net, Bedard shoots and scores! And this time it counts! A power play goal for Connor Bedard at seven minutes of period number three. Hawks trail five to two. But uh, Bedard with a nice effort to get himself free beside the net and take that hand off. He got a gimme. That goal came after an overturned goal in which we thought Connor Bedard had a different goal, but yet the call was overturned due to the Hawks being offside. But then they stayed with it. It was a power play goal. But Philip Kurashev with a beautiful no-look behind-the-back pass to Connor Bedard, who was in the right spot at the right time. And again, you just didn't see Kurashev making those types of moves last year. Now again, you can bring up the argument, okay, well, a guy like Connor Bedard wasn't just there ready for the puck. But still, there, there's something different right now with Philip Kurashev playing with Connor Bedard. And it's really peaked up since Bedard came back. I think Kurashev got a taste of it when Bedard was rolling before his injury. Then the injury happened. Then Kurashev's kind of trying to find that chemistry again. And it's not like who he was playing with wasn't capable of it, but there's just a whole other element with Connor Bedard. And Kurashev is totally taking advantage of it. And that's great to see because that's a young piece that the Hawks had, have and had had. Uh, boy, I'm sure my English teachers love that sentence. High expectations for Philip Kurashev. And again, fans and some of us in the media were getting a little impatient with him too, but there were flashes. He's got a lot of great hand-eye coordination, but 
Luke Richardson likes his two-way game. He's getting a little bit more involved defensively. He's getting a little bit more physical. And he's keeping his head up, looking for Connor Bedard, and looking to be seen by Connor Bedard a lot, too. Just a whole bunch of good things coming from that top line over these past few days. Unfortunately, that's what the Hawks have been leaning on a lot. But you know what? If you look back at it, the Hawks were relying a lot on just Connor Bedard at the beginning of the year. Then he goes down. Then the team starts to play a better style of hockey where everybody's pitching in. It's kind of a hard-working effort. But goals are real tough to come by. And even though the equation Bedard is back, more goals are scored, seems pretty simple, at least it's not just wristers by Bedard. It's a lot of good passing and heads-up offensive work by Felino, Bedard, and Kurashev, which is encouraging to see. Again, we get to talk to Chris Chelios after the 7.30 news. He talks to us about his big day coming up on Sunday, how his emotions have been since learning that this was going to be a thing, and if it still feels real to him. We're going to hear from Chris Chelios after Ron Brown's news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. We're talking with the guy who's getting his number retired up into the rafters at the United Center just this upcoming Sunday. It's Chris Chelios, number seven. Chris, how's the uh, the speech writing coming along? Well, quite honestly, I've got distracted by something. Oh, I haven't started yet, but i got a lot of help. So hopefully you start working on that tomorrow. A lot of it's going to be natural, obviously, being from Chicago. Um, you know, that's basically the whole thing that's, that's really made it that much more special is that they're retiring my jersey in my hometown. So hopefully you just speak from the heart and it all comes out. Does it feel real yet, Chris? You know what? No, I, I, like I said, people ask me that, you know, excited, can you believe it, you know, and I guess the minute I'm sitting there, they start raising the banner. Uh, but it, for me, like I said, just the path I took, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to say the dream come true because it wasn't my dream, but it sure is now that, you know, this is actually happening on Sunday. So uh, i got all kinds of emotions going through my head, having sleepless nights, all that stuff. So um, just happy, you know, for my family, ex-teammates, fans. It's going to be great. You're uh, you're quite the party planner too. What's what's it been like to plan this kind of party? Maybe the biggest one of your life. You know what? I've never done a wedding before. My wife had to do the weddings with my two kids that got married, and it's a lot of work, but it's all worth it at the end. So I've had a lot of help from Mary Beth Carlin, who's been with me since day one with my charity events. Um, you know, and then of course the Blackhawks. You know, Mary DiBartolo's been with me sickening me by now, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be the best ever. This you know, this is the last thing I, I can't imagine anything ever being bigger than this. Um, so I'm not trying to make it a good one. Well, and you're such a popular guy too. I mean, are are you getting a little anxious about how many people might be reaching out to you and, and trying to attend this? What kind of uh, what kind of audience are, are you expecting so far right now? Oh, I'm way over. I've had to switch the venues. I've had to, you know, get more tickets. And in, in fact, I might have to sneak about 40 of my friends in the back door like I used to do at gate three and a half in the old stadium and just let them watch from wherever they can. 
Well, the Hawks have done a, such a cool job of promoting this. Chelly's Chili has been revived at the United Center Atrium. Fans can go there before any game in the month of February. What's the feedback feedback been like on that? How, how cool is it to relive those days? Amazing. It, it, it was, it's an honor to end by that. Uh, the first night they opened it up, me and my daughter Kaylee cut the ribbon, and we had a game that night, and I actually, for the third period, sat at the bar of the pop-up bar that they had made some unbelievable pictures that they dug up uh, on the bar and on the walls that I didn't have to see since the early 90s. So it's cool, and I hope it's on the sticks if it becomes popular enough. Maybe it'll be a annual thing, you know, because it is chilly weather, obviously, <laughs> during the winter. It is cool. It's it's like walking into a, a time machine. I felt right back in the 90s yeah. with the old TVs and the red, yellow, and white cables plugged in showing all your old highlights. It was really cool. I, I know you've got quite a, a history with the whole Chelly's Chili restaurant and, you know, he, both here and up in the Detroit area, but, but why Chili? Was it was it the name alliteration or, or does the Chelios family have a, a very famous recipe or anything? No, but the name does roll right off your tongue. It, it was a friend I played with when I was a peewee in a band and his name was Tim Sleejack. Uh, he was a kid from Argo. And uh, his grandma, it was his grandma's recipe. And when we opened up the first, you know, the bar downtown on Madison Street, you know, he said, listen, my grandma has a great chili, and it sounds like a good name. So that's what we come up with, the Chili Chili Bar and the Chili. And uh, Vienna, was, we were lucky enough that Vienna made it for us for all these years and still make it for us. And uh, it's been great. That's really cool. Yeah, you can get $7 worth of Chelly's Chili before any game at the United Center here in the month of February. Great merchandise, too. Cool T-shirts, cool old-school signs. It's it's just a really cool, quick thing to do to pop in at the UC. Uh, we're talking with Chris Chelios. Obviously, his number 7 is being retired on Sunday at the United Center. Uh, big news for the Blackhawks for this upcoming year, Chris, is it was announced that the Winter Classic is coming back to Wrigley Field. Listen, I know that isn't the most memorable thing in your career, uh, but you still were a part of it, and I'm sure it was still pretty cool. What, what do you remember about the Winter Classic when you were playing for the Wings at Wrigley Field? And Back then, it was, it was kind of a, a new event. It was a new, cool thing. What do you remember most about it? No, I mean, I grew up watching the Cubs there and been there so many times. Um, and yeah, regardless of what happened during the game, the fact that we had, you know, the morning stick, got to bring our kids out on the ice, and it was a surreal experience, obviously. Um, the game, you know, it's an event. You know, it's not so much the game, but, the, but you get, you know, 50,000 people together watching a hockey game. The weather was perfect. Um, you know, afterwards, the Murphy speakers, it was, you know, it was unreal. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the event, even though I'm not playing this time. Maybe they'll throw an alumni game in and I'll manage to get on the ice again, but. It's great that Chicago's going to get to see that again. You're still so much involved with not only the Blackhawks, but just the NHL in general. And, and there's a lot of things that the NHL is doing these days. I mean, they're, they're switching up the All-Star game. Um, there's been talk about kind of changing the schedule. Obviously, there's the um, the Battle of the Nations next year coming up. But, but anything that uh, you think that the league could benefit from by tweaking or changing? Any ideas that you have being a former player and now a current ambassador and, and being so involved in the league? Anything you think that could be tweaked for the better for the players right now? Honestly, if you're, if you're talking all-star games, that's a tough one for any sport to make it interesting and, and entertaining. But from a 
TV perspective, it always comes across better TV than it does live. But this year in Toronto, they did a great job, you know, speeding things up in between events and the skills competitions, uh, putting up more money, you know, for the winners. Yeah. That, that always helps. So, yeah, they, again, they've, it's tough, but again, they, this year was a, a big winner. They did a great job, uh, and hopefully they can continue to come up with, you know, new things that will make it, it fun to watch. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Lastly, Chris. I mean, Connor Bedard is now back. Uh, he's he's doing the thing again. He he's just showing everyone what he's capable of. Um, what, in your eyes, has impressed you most about Connor Bedard so far this year? I mean, his vision. You know, like every other great player, superstar. You know, he just knows what he's doing. You know, twice before he gets the puck. He just sees the game like all the great ones, and. uh He's just, you know, it's fun to watch. Like, just the effect he had, you know, coming back again and, you know, another win, a big win the other day at home when he scoring a goal. So, again, it, it's just a matter of time. They've got some good young players, and they're going to get some more good young players that surround him. He needs help. You can't do it by yourself. But they're heading the right direction, and he's a big part of that. For sure. And he's also just, he seems to be a charismatic guy. Have you talked with him much? Have you... Uh, interacted with him much at all? I have uh, a few times now at the draft, and then most recently it was just before the All Star game, and I talked to him briefly at the All Star game. Slowly but surely, he is you know showing that personality, but he's a real focused kid, real serious kid. Uh, he's a rink rat. He's first one there, last to leave. So, but yeah, he's you know if, if you're going to say right now like the, the way he's handled all the pressure, handled the media. He, he's been great. Awesome. Well, Chris, hey, really appreciate it. Yeah, how about it? Uh, really appreciate all the time. Congratulations once again. I know you're dealing with a ton of stuff right now, so really appreciate you sharing some time with us. Congrats, and have a blast, man. This is going to be awesome. All right. I will. Thank you. All right, that is Chris Chelios. We'll have more Blackhawks Live next, 720 WGN. It's our last stop here on Blackhawks Live Again, the Hawks' next game, they host the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow at the United Center. 6.30 puck drop, 6 o'clock FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show right here on 720 WGN. And the only local broadcast is it'll be a nationally televised broadcast. Another big thanks to Chris Chelios and the Blackhawks for setting up that interview. Again, it's going to be a really fun night on Sunday. Uh, I'm Joe Brand. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. And this is when Jack takes a look around the NHL and maybe some other things and gives us his most recent thoughts. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, yesterday I think you were talking about it, Joe, in the NHL. The Wild and Canucks game had a 17 combined goals in it. Um, yeah. So just a wild. I thought the Hawks game was high scoring yesterday, but this one outscored it alone in the third period. I think the Wild had seven goals to come from behind in the third period. Yeah, and there were three hat tricks scored. Did yeah. you have this? Am I stealing this from you? No, you're good. Uh, I think it was the first time since 1992. Joel Eriksson Ek, Kirill Kaprizov. And uh, JT Miller. Yep, it's that's that's wild. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. Imagine I, scoring seven goals and losing a game. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> that's tough. And Kaprizov got his with the empty netter with one point nine seconds left. So <laughs> just just in the nick of time was able to get that. But I mean, at that point, I think it's okay to be selfish. And, oh yeah, and get what you want because I mean, everyone's you obviously scored nine goals. <laughs> yeah, everyone's had a chance to score. You might as well go ahead and try to get the hat trick if you can. Yeah. So just. The, way the Hawks have been. We haven't seen many high-scoring games to the offensive struggles and the great goaltending from Mrazek. So 
just really different. You know, you get, I think you get a few of those every year, just a game that just kind of goes off the rails. Yeah, I, I, I will often watch hockey when the Hawks aren't playing, and I'll always choose, you know, what's the best matchup? What, mm-hmm. what, what's the best game with the two best teams? And, I mean, this is not a knock on the Hawks. It's just kind of the situation. It is such a different kind of game. Oh, yeah. When you see, like, the Rangers against the Bruins or uh, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Edmonton Oilers. It's just like, man, pass to pass, tape to tape. Uh, power play, yeah, sure, there's there's going to be a goal here. It's just, it's you kind of forget about how that's what hockey can look like. And, again, it's not a knock on the Hawks, but it, it takes a lot for them to to show that to just the, the general hockey fan or the general sports fan. Yeah, it just shows where they are in the rebuild, too, and kind of what they're striving to be. But on Sunday, the NHL announced that the 2026 All-Star Game will be hosted by the Islanders at USB or, or U, yeah, USB Arena. <laughs> U, no, UBS Arena. UBS, yeah. I, I, I have made can't, that mistake many times. Can't type. Um, <laughs> I think you've seen me try to type. It's, well, it's, I can't read. Yeah, so <laughs> there we go. It's the power duo. <laughs> but there we go. You're helping me out. But, yeah, so no All-Star Game next year because of the, of the what did you call it, the Battle of the Nations? Is that what <laughs> yeah, it's called? Yeah, I butchered the name. I don't, I, I don't have the official name right in front of me but yeah it's basically uh four nations going against each other uh in lieu of the all-star game next year because nhl players are going to compete in the olympics in two years so it's kind of just uh wetting the appetite for that um which which i'm a fan of i I like switching it up we've had multiple conversations about how difficult it is to really nail a mid-season uh event a mid-season showcase for the fans um, and how difficult it is to like t- to just really hit the nail on the head of it and and make it a good product. I- am I stealing your next thing about uh, the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets? Mm-mm. Throw uh, that in. Well, they announced over the weekend that next year's Stadium Series, which is different than the Winter Classic, but the same type of thing, an outdoor hockey game at a significant venue that uh, kind of relates to one of the teams involved, and it's the Columbus Blue Jackets hosting the Detroit Red Wings at Ohio Stadium. Is yep. that what it's called? Yep. Home of the Ohio State Buckeyes college football team. That's going to be really cool, too. I'm, I'm jacked for the Winter Classic, but that's going to be awesome, and love how they're incorporating a Columbus-Ohio-Detroit-Michigan rivalry uh, with those two teams. And it'll, I mean, it'll be a good showcase because Detroit's good, who knows where the Blue Jackets will be next year, but they'll have Fantilli, they'll have Goudreau. It'll be a, it should be a good matchup. Yeah, yeah, that's. I like, the, I do like that college aspect. I mean, and Ohio Stadium is just massive too, so it's a good. It'll be a crazy environment, and, so different than a stadium. And I think, you know, we've talked about this how we're both bleeding baseball fans <laughs> at the heart. Um, and how much we enjoy hockey games at a baseball stadium. Right. But it is just, it's so much of a better setup at a football stadium um, for everyone involved in terms of not having a bad seat and filling up the place a little bit more. Believe me, I'm I'm thrilled that it's at Wrigley. I think, honestly, it's probably the only place you could have it if you wanted to have it in Chicago. Right. Because it sounds like the Bears are out the door at Soldier. Um, but actually, I was listening to the Chicklets guys coming in to practice today, and they were talking about how it's... It's cool because, now I know the Flyers and the Devils played on Saturday, but then you had Rangers-Islanders on Sunday at a football field, like midday, so kind of that football feel Mm -hmm. after the Super Bowl, 
And I never thought of it that way because I always thought like the Winter Classic was kind of more of the main event than the Stadium Series. But it's pretty cool how they do more than just one game. It's it's kind of a weekend event. I mean, heck, they, they could have added one more game maybe if they wanted right. to. Um, but I, I think hockey's on the right track with that kind of stuff, and it almost makes you wonder, you know, should they move the Winter Classic past New Year's Day? Right. Because w- will it get better reception? Because it's hard to beat college football on New Year's Day. Yeah, it's such a that's a good point. Thinking, I didn't even think about that. That's That was our first Sunday without football, and college basketball didn't have a ton of games either, so... Putting that right in the middle of the day, and yeah, they probably I, drew a bigger audience. I, I feel like people are just like, "Oh yeah, I'll throw this on," you know. And this is again to the general sports fan, maybe not the hardcore hockey fan. Hardcore hockey fans are going to find hockey however they can find it. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was it was perfect timing, perfect place, and they got a great game. Yeah, both games were awesome, yeah. especially that Rangers Islanders yeah. game. Yeah, that big the big comeback for the Rangers was. Really good. All right, and then I always always like the fun giveaways. So the the Philadelphia Flyers, who the Hawks are playing tomorrow, on February 27th, they're playing the Lightning. They're going to give away um, their mascot, gritty-themed earmuffs. <laughs> and it's kind of like uh, a play on uh, this comedy movie called Old School. Oh, I come haven't, on. I haven't seen it. Come but... <laughs> on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, show your age to everyone on the radio right now, Jack Heinrich. That's Man, we, we give you a, a lot of smack talk, too, yeah. about the movies you haven't seen. Yeah. What play on uh, old-school reference well, this does is, this is from Oh, Earmuffs, Earmuffs. Yes, yeah, this yeah. is from NHL. Yeah, the so do you, do you understand the reference? I do, I do after I read, after you the, read it, uh, from it. NHL.com. So that, that, that just went right over my head when I first <laughs> saw it, and I just thought it was funny, and then now I get it a little bit more. But yeah, first, first 10,000 fans, they did uh, a video on social media. Um, kind of like showing gritty in a in a press conference. So what are the they? Are they like fuzzy orange yeah. headphones? Do, do, does the hair like hang down? Yeah. Or oh, really? Yeah, like long. It's not that long, but it's like big and fluffy, and then it has his face on the side. So oh, on the sides of the earmuffs? Yeah, huh. like where it covers the ears. So. That's that's a good one. Yeah. I, you know, gritty's crazy, but yeah, he is. it's it's a great mascot. And it's it, he just does so many wacky zany things with his his stomach, his eyes, yeah. and it, it just the personality too. Because I mean, you you do notice different personalities with certain mascots. I mean, Tommy Hawk's got a very uh, unique personality, especially Benny the Bull, mm-hmm. uh, the Philly fanatic, uh, gritty. So it's it, they they did a really good job with because gritty's fairly new. Yeah, he's just a couple of years old. Yeah, but so now your, your homework this week, Jack, is to old watch school. watch old school. Yeah, well, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> not asking for much, Jack. Just watch one of the best movies Will Ferrell's ever been in. Uh, I'll get to that. All right, great stuff, man. Thank you. Of course. That's Jack Heinrich. Another big thanks to Chris Chelios and the Blackhawks for helping us out with that interview. Again, the Hawks with two more games before Chelios night on Sunday, and again a six o'clock uh, FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show tomorrow before a six thirty puck drop against the Flyers. Hawks are looking for back-to-back home wins. We'll see what Bedard and company can do. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this week's edition of Blackhawks Live. We'll talk to you tomorrow.